Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, the other thing, of course, uh, tonight, Hills, uh, Matildas, their return match against Uzbekistan. Steph Catley, uh, who's taken over a skipper with uh, Sam Kerringe, and, you know, there's just a little bit of desperation yeah. now to try and grab a trophy, to put something on the mantelpiece. I mean, we know the World Cup was probably beyond wildest. They finished fourth at Tokyo, so they've been just outside the podium, and uh, they're desperate for, for a trophy. And that's something that sits pretty heavy within this group and um, we obviously are all getting a little bit older now and the opportunities for major tournaments is getting thinner. We're definitely very motivated to get something physical out of the last however many years that we've built this team up to the point that we are now. And she's also saying, Steph, that, that Sam Kerr remains a big influence on this squad. I'm still very much leaning on Sam and she's very much involved in um, a lot of the decision-making and things that we talk about. She's had to play some games, don't they, mm. the Matildas? And you, you just think, you know, this started in the lead-up to the World Cup and what have you, but no, nah, it's always like this. 122 games Steph's played, so it's time, girls. Come mm. on, you can beat the likes of Spain and USA, yeah. Sweden. <laughs> Take them down. The coach was asked about the conditions. I mean, I, I can't believe they do this. I mean, they've been in Tashkent, mm. and all of a sudden they're back here. Only a few, It seems like only a few days later they, they, they've got to put the strip on again tonight to back up for this second leg. They've got a 3-0 lead, but uh, they're going to go in all-out attack. But, yeah, Tony Gustafsson has got to manage his, uh, his, the way the squad goes. There's never going to be an optimal circumstance when you fly that much and you have jet lag and you have the different temperature and such. But I know one thing, and that is these players never complain. No matter what's thrown at them, they go out there and give it 100. Yeah. I think Jack was talking yesterday about parking the bus and protecting your 3-0 lead. Come on. Come on. That, have that, a crack. The last 15 minutes, last game, Jack, they, they put thinking? three on them. They put three on them, and tonight could be anything. Could mm. be six at Marvel. I'm hearing risk aversion. He's yelling it through my ear. Please. Yeah, someone please, lock that box. Please, please, please. Uh, Vanessa, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I, I'm well, thank you. Happy <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah. Well, look, I'll bring the tone down a little bit to start with. Breaking news this morning about the deaths of a man and woman with two bodies found in a home at Doolandella in Brisbane's outer southwest. A crime scene was set up about seven last night and police are at the scene looking for evidence. Two men led from the scene and helping police with their investigations there. They've spoken with neighbours and are still trying to identify the bodies and the causes of deaths. 
So we'll be keeping you updated on that story this mm-hmm. morning. Now, this was a really interesting development yesterday, heading back to COVID vaccine mandates. Now, police employees and ambulance staff took their workplace mandates to the Supreme Court in 2022. Uh, a group of them, about 70 workers who did not want to get vaccinated and would not comply with the directives. Now, a judge has actually ruled partially in their favour and found that the directives did breach a section of the Human Rights Act. And so now there is concerns that unfair dismissal claims could be on the way and that this is the first such case in the Supreme Court, but that many more might follow in different industries and different workers, uh, you know, including other Queensland health workers as well who weren't part of this. Uh, So, look, I think that this is just going to be the beginning of some of these cases and, yeah, whether, uh, you know, um, officials and authorities in Queensland and around Australia really did have the authority to mandate that va- that workers they get had vaccinated. Yeah, and I see Clive mm. Palmer was part of that. I think he's, mm. he's put money into the uh, Yes, he the was course, yeah. very happy about this outcome and I think he will certainly continue pushing this barrow as well. Mm. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And uh, look, some fresh ideas this morning in the Courier Mail about the infrastructure for the Brisbane Olympics. Mm. Now, uh, former South Bank Chairman Steve Steve Wilson has put a new proposal forward with his wife, Jane. Now, they say Brisbane needs to spend money on this and actually take our opportunity and, uh, and you know, really put ourselves on show to the rest of the world. The suggestion, a 50,000-seat stadium at Victoria Park, Suncorp Stadium to be upgraded to 65,000 seats and the Gabba to be transformed into an arena similar to Madison Square Garden in New York, uh, an 18,000-seat venue that would be a bit of a Brisbane Arena event centre and that all three venues could be linked through Green Avenue's Sporting Hero Walkways and, uh, you know, a bit of a a golden triangle. He's Mm. dubbing it. So... I've got to say, Hills, didn't we hear it here first? One of our listeners suggested Vic Park. Yeah. They said, number one, building it wouldn't cause major delays to traffic, etc. No, because, because of the location of Vic Park. Yeah. The public transport infrastructure is certainly there with more planned as well for yeah. that area. And it's been cleared. <laughs> yeah. So and, and it's, it's council owned. Idea. It's a great idea. Steve Wilson probably has very strong liaisons with Adrian Schrinner. Mm-hmm. The, the council, so they'll probably be all ears, mm. and uh, they're all really good ideas. Look, now, I, just yeah. if you just give us the quote, yes. Look, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think great suggestions as well, but like this stuff needed to be thought through three years ago. Yeah. You know, as always, time is ticking on these decisions. Hopefully he's having a conversation with Graham Quirk as this review uh, continues and with that due to be handed down in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, hopefully these suggestions have been put forward. I saw that. I'm like, he's... He and, he and Jane, are, they are, and Hills, you, you've always wanted definition. They are one of Brisbane's power couples. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yes. uh, and... Uh, yeah, I'd I mean, agree with that one. Yeah, okay, you agree with that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they both put their mouth where their money is <laughs> and contributed money to many good things around Brisbane yeah. and certainly put time into being on boards and chairing stuff. So mm. what about Mitch and Alyssa? Are they Cricket's power couple? I don't think so because they're never together. <laughs> <laughs> At some awards ceremonies. Well, they one, 
One. <laughs> okay. One a year, is that The cricket's couple, probably. That's <laughs> all. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Vanessa. The Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line, 131355. 13 Text line 0467 736 736. Stack of, a stack of issues going on today. We'll cover them all over the next two and a half hours or so. On Patton Heels for breakfast, it's time for the Racing Queensland update. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Well, I can tell you where Queensland is racing today. We're racing at Doombin Hills. And with all the info, as usual, is Chris Nelson. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning, Heels. And uh, yes, you're spot on. We are racing at Doombin today. Eight races. And uh, they haven't updated the track as from yesterday it was a soft five, but I'm guessing with that fine weather yesterday, we'll be back to a good four. Yes, okay, and decent size races anyway. Yeah, decent size uh, fields in each of the races. Uh, should be a good day. We've got some, some supporting meetings in the state. Rose Hill's a good meeting, and you'd be pleased to know this, Paddy, but I think uh, because of the weather down south in Victoria, the first race, our time, uh, is nice and early. 10.30 their time, the first race in Sandown. So, oh, uh, goodness. Hook in nice and early. Oh, heaven, and then throw in Perth. I could still be going <laughs> exactly. at 8 o'clock tonight. <laughs> and the Swedish trots later on tonight. Yeah, right exactly it. right. Hey, I see um, <laughs> just a, a little talk that Amelia's jeweled, the WA superstar, may be headed for a, a winter carnival campaign with this Radbroken mine, which just adds a little bit of luster to our, uh, to our winter carnival, doesn't it? it? It does. I mean, this was something that was brought up a little while ago, Simon Miller, I think they're going to look for a, a, an Eastern States trainer after the uh, initial yeah. campaign, and and hopefully the horse is heading to uh, to Queensland. But that would be a massive coup for our carnival to get Amelia's jewel. Now carnival just gets closer and closer. We're getting these bigger races in Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, once they're out the way, we uh, the focus heads to Queensland within about a week. So. It'll be on our doorstep before we know it. And if we can get horses of the calibre of Amelia's Jewel here, it'll be just wonderful. All right, we've got some big fields at Doom in this afternoon. Yep, we have. Uh, I think there'll be a fair few scratchings out of those uh, big field races because there's quite a few emergencies. So, mm-hmm. of course, remember, scratching time is still an hour away. But as it stands at the moment, we will go with these. Race one, number five, Autora for Chris Waller and Mark Duplessis. A very consistent filly. She's only had the five starts, but she's building to a win. Uh, she ran a nice second last start behind American Fireball. The blinkers went on. She was only beaten point two of a length, and there was a big gap back to the third horse. I think today's her day from gate one. So race one, number five, Autora. Race four, number 10, Lavoni, has only had three starts. Now, all three of them, or all of those starts, uh, she's hit the line really well. She's run the fastest last 200 on each occasion, and they've all been 1,000 metres. Today she gets to 1,200 metres. I think she'll be storming home right over the top of these. So race four, number 10, Lavoni. Now a couple each way. Race six, yeah. number six, Regal Edition. I think looks well-placed stepping up to 13.50 today. And race eight, number nine, Shape and Power, who is over $20.00. Ooh. No luck at all. No luck at all. Last two starts uh, can quickly turn around her form. She's a mare uh, this afternoon. Nothing has gone her way, and she could quite ha- quite uh, easily uh, run into the uh, placings today, even win. So have something small each way on her at the uh, $20 plus odds. Decent combo, Munson Dolan. Yes, yes, that, they're going well, both of them. Robbie Dolan, of course, is going really well. He rode... Uh, 
You wrote a winner there on Saturday, a feature winner there on Saturday at, uh, at Dooman. So, yep, could go far worse than that combo, that's for sure. All right, we're going to come home with a wet sail here, but we'll start off at the 105, yep. the first race, uh, race one, the five, then we move to race four, the ten, race six, the six, on the each-way basis, and then at big, big odds, race eight, the nine. Yep. Mm. And yep. Shape and power yep. for Chris. It's not Perth today either, Paddy, it's Bunbury. Same thing. Oh. W. W. Or as, um, <laughs> w- <laughs> as Tags likes to call it on trackside, Bunbury. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter what you call it. We're racing in WA at some stage this afternoon. <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks for that. Really appreciate it. We'll, we'll chat to you Friday when you're on your way down the highway. Thanks, Chris. Look forward to it, guys. Thanks. Have a good day. Yep, you too. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Now on Breakfast with Pat and Heels. Heels gets his gloves off. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at uh, the England-India test uh, sticking on the cricket theme and my problem with the ranchy fourth test that they've just had. Let's highlight first what I loved about uh, the India-England test, uh, which finished two days ago, four sessions early. First thing was Joe Root's 122 not out of 274 balls. Well played. Uh, Ben Folks, 47 of 126 balls to support Joe Root to get them to 350. Then Ollie Robinson, he made 58 as well off 96 to get them to a total that having won the toss, it was probably competitive um, because it was in real trouble at one stage. India's Jaiswell again. He's a phenom in cricket at the moment. And their brand new wicketkeeper, Jurel, 73 and 90. Uh, he's now made that 90, got them right close to that total after their innings was looking terrible. Then Crawley's new ball batting for 60 off 145, um, while Ashwin skidded, spun and swung his way to 551 off 16 overs, um, opening the bowling at times, uh, the spinners. The keeping of Folks and Jarrell, superb as well. The contest climax was nerve-wracking and challenging for every player out there, with India finally winning. Right? Now, So they're they're all the things I loved about that test. My main problem was that from session one, times were tough and only the spinners could dominate. Batsmen needed luck on the first and second day, usually reserved for day five. Hence, the batting stalled. My main dislike of the game was Ben Stokes' two bootlace dismissals, one LBW and one LBW, which then went on and bowled him. You know, that just shouldn't happen early in a match. But uh, late in the match, I haven't got a problem with it. Then India, even the, even India struggling against the inexperienced spinners of England uh, when it was nowhere near day five. The pitch could have deteriorated much worse. It, it seemed it was going to be terrible having looked at it play day one. But it started and, and it started too battered and settled somewhat. But even though it provided an opposition to the opening bowlers, Joe Root, an opportunity for Joe Root to open the bowling, is that a, is that a good test pitch? Right, Provide the batters a little more comfort on the first two days. Captains can push the game forward with attack and positivity so we can get to yesterday or the day before yesterday's excitement a day later than the, the fourth day of the test. So well into the fifth day, we want that excitement uh, as well as the freedom up front in a game. So compliments to both teams who played 
in a highly committed way with three great comebacks in the three and a half days. In in India, um, is India trying to build their test crowds? And if they are, they should start with their wickets, which too often eliminate quicks and plenty of batsmen as well. Their public would be the same as same as me and, and want to see five days of what we saw two days ago in the finish to that England test. Skill, character and endurance, not such a battle up front. Wally Lewis joining us today after a very big and quite emotional day for him uh, as a representative of, uh, of Dementia Australia now at Parliament House in Canberra. I was fortunate enough to be down there with him. I helped uh, facilitate the panel that Wally was on. Well, a very good morning to you. It, it was an emotional day for a lot of people yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, sure it was, Pat. Um, I think it was a, a day where um, you know honesty uh, turned out to be the uh, the number one priority, just to uh, to try and understand exactly uh, the tasks a lot of us are uh, are facing. And uh, that trip down memory lane uh, also uh, brought up some uh, um, some memories, I guess, of uh, the less enjoyable times um, of our uh, sporting careers where. Uh, the embarrassment um, of getting knocked out um, and uh, the consequences, um, you know, uh, took a set of stage. Yeah, and, and well, well done on what you did yesterday um, and the topic being you only get one brain, prevent CTE. It was a CTE uh, emphasis yesterday, was it? And just how much research is now needed into this? Yeah, well, there's going to be uh, plenty of it take place, uh, I think, Heels. Um the uh, denials that have been in place, and I've got to say, I'm I'm as, as guilty as anybody uh, when it came to that. But um, the research certainly will uh, um, will take um, top place, top billing. Um, there'll be a, a lot going on, um, and I think the uh, the opportunity to uh, um, to have that and uh, to be able to provide um, information and fact uh, to the guys that are uh, that are that are playing the game uh, certainly will uh, will. Cause uh, cause them to enjoy the game a little bit more, and um, if they do uh, run into a little bit of trouble and have uh, severe concussions, they'll uh, certainly know who to turn to. And uh, it's not it's not uh, an embarrassment to uh, to make an admission. Yeah. Hey, well, I just want to play this to you. Yesterday, as I mentioned on the show, Corey Parker took over in, in my chair uh, while I was down there with you. Uh, this is what Corey Parker had to say on on Breakfast with Patton Hills yesterday. I have no doubt whatsoever over my tenure you know, as a rugby league player that I have symptoms. I have symptoms of, of CTE. Mm. Uh, but it's something that you can't really get a, a grasp on until, obviously, a post-mortem. So, yeah, as a father of four and, and my boys play contact sports, the game has some accountability to take. Yeah. It's pretty scary, Wall, isn't it, really, when you, when you look at it that way. This is a guy that has played you know, nearly 350 NRL games for the Bronx, Played, you know, 19 state of origins for his state. He was an, an elite footballer and he's still a young man. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. And I, I think it's for a lot of the, the general public, that will be uh, absolutely amazing uh, to hear comments like that. Um, quite uh, quite extraordinary. Um, and the discussion that the players have, I think, is uh, is far more open than the ones that they have um, um, with anybody uh, in the media or uh, uh, or general public because it's uh, it's something that uh, that we all talk about. And I, I know that I've sort of uh, brought up this point, but um, I, I I can sort of remember it when when I was a younger man, and um, it was 
all about uh, trying to prove that you were 10 foot tall and bulletproof mm. um, and, and not coming up with the admission that, uh, yeah, you were knocked out. Um, it was seen as um, you were a little bit soft, if that was the case. Uh, just get up, um, get on with the game and uh, and try and continue uh, your career as, uh, as much as possible. But, um, you know, some of the uh, uh, some of the admissions and uh, the one from Robbie O'Davis uh, that you oh, and yeah. uh, I, Pat, were, were sort of listening to uh, yesterday, he's a guy... Um, and I'm not being disrespectful by saying this, I don't think I've ever seen a guy in tears um, as often in uh, in my lifetime. Um, he, uh, he'd he be crying 30 or 40 times a day. Um, and um, he uh, he's trying to... He's, he's trying to take it upon himself to uh, um, to promote um, the assistance that's needed um, and the dangers that CTE uh, can cause in in somebody's life. But um, you know, when I was sitting there, uh, or standing there talking to him uh, yesterday, and he made the admission that um, I don't enjoy life anymore. Um, that's the ultimate. Where you're, you're thinking, boy, oh boy, um, you're not considering something silly, mate. Are you got plenty of friends? Just turn on them, ask for support all the way. Um, and if I think, and I think that uh, if they do, uh, you know. Um, rely upon their friends and the medical staff uh, that are so important um, that will become a little bit more comfortable for uh, for Robbie he was one of those um, um, uh, one of those guys that um, you know was uh, was regarded as just a wonderful uh, footballer mm-hmm. But but he would have been ragged old a, ragged old a fair t- yeah. a few times and copped some concussions, mate. Wally, how how did how has yours been connected? We know CTE is dead set concussions and collisions. What, what about your epilepsy? Does it fit in here somewhere? <laughs> uh, I can remember going through it heels when I first um, uh, was diagnosed with epilepsy um, and uh, started to talk about it. Um, the doctor um, made an admission. He said um, it's likely that um, uh, the epilepsy was brought on by multiple concussions. Yep. And I reacted angrily and I said, hang on, doc, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't guarantee um, that the epilepsy was brought on uh, by the concussions. And he said, no, um, no, no, that's right. And he said, um, but you can't guarantee that it wasn't. And I went into a little bit of a, uh, a holding pattern for a while, and I said, oh, I understand that. And he said, uh, look, it's extremely likely. Um, and there started the the investigation as to, you know, we we, we don't know um, a lot about it yet. It's uh, it's it's sort of still coming out, and um, a, a lot of the guys that uh, are dealing with it, particularly in the, uh, in the footy world, um, it's quite remarkable how many of them uh, that haven't been in contact, constant contact uh, with each other um, over the recent years are now doing so with almost monotonous regularity and, and talking to each other, asking them, is this the way it is for you? Is this the problems that you have? Is there any others? Um, so the support network that, uh, that is starting is, uh, is admirable. Um, it's just a little bit of a shame that this didn't start uh, quite some time ago. Given the publicity that this has generated, particularly from your visit yesterday, and as I said, not only did you do a stack of interviews with the, all the leading media organisations, but there was a lot of MPs that came to see you. How how heavily did you think about going down this path to be an ambassador with Dementia Australia? Um, probably I was very evasive to start with, Pat. I, I didn't know uh, whether it was the right thing to do. Um, was I going to be talking about that 24-7? Was that something uh, going to be a, 
a part of my life where I'm was just going to be talking about uh, the, the constant um, knocks to the head. Um, was it going to be something where I was going to be reminded about um, my inability to uh, sort of comfortably uh, talk about um, the, the perils of, uh, of, of playing footy. Um, but if it can in any way, shape or form be beneficial to the, to the players that are currently dealing with it or the ones that may uh, start to, uh, to suffer from the CTEs, um, then it's certainly going to be worthwhile. Oh, well done, mate. I think it is. Also, there's there's one guy that I, I we, we keep talking about all the time, and that's um, you know, a guy who was a good a good friend and, and respected player, the, the former NRL and Queensland State of Origin star Paul Green. Um, when he was uh, diagnosed, um, I, I think it would have been a major shock. But to to see him um, lose his take his own life, he basically yeah. struggled. Really struggled um, with the uh, uh, with the dramas and uh, and the lo- um, the possibility of uh, of uh, of not enjoying life too much at all. Um, he had a he had a very comfortable lifestyle, living in a beautiful place, but um, yet uh, the challenges that uh, that yeah. lay ahead for Paul just proved to be too much. Yeah, I know. well said, mate. I mean, look, and we, oh God, we miss Greeny so much. Um, oh, yeah. uh, just. Just a, a quick one here. On a, on a lighter note on what was a pretty heavy 24 hours down in Canberra, Robbie O, as Wally said, has, has got his own battles at the moment. He arrived with his with his beautiful daughter yes. uh, and spent the entire time with us on behalf of Dementia Australia. You know what he brought along? He brought along the 1997 Wally Lewis medal that he won for Player of the Series <laughs> in the State of Origin because Wally wasn't there that year and didn't present it. And Wally presented it to him. <laughs> yeah, oh, it, was a, it was a bloody beauty. It was a bloody beauty. That, I just wanted to congratulate you too, Wally, well, because it is a gesture of immense proportions because it it can weigh you down, you know, speaking so often about this sort of stuff. What, take us through, what what do you think the juniors, you know, is the junior game in, in our collision sports okay? Because the collisions aren't big in junior sport and the skills to be taught, probably that's still okay. Yeah, yeah, it sure is, and uh, obviously the number one priority um, for uh, for the the, the skill sessions uh, for the for the junior kids has uh, got to be about uh, the placement of the heads, particularly in uh, in, in in tackling, um, in the defensive patterns. Um, it's got to be, and we've seen a number of uh, number of times, and you know we often regard uh, Trevor Gilmeister as being the best defender, certainly the best defender that I've seen, and Gilly um, brought up uh, some points about uh, it was always when he placed his head in the wrong position, incorrect position uh, while tackling, um, that he suffered uh, um, multiple concussions. Um, And he said, so it's absolutely imperative that when we teach the skills of the game, it's not all about being flash, um, scoring spectacular tries, uh, throwing long cutout passes, uh, doing things. It's placing the head in the right position because more often than not, if you place your head, particularly if you're doing a side-on tackle and you place your head in front, um, uh, you're going to cop the knee the body weight is going to come down on top of your head and you're going to be concussed. There is there is no doubt about that whatsoever. So um, I think it's uh, it's quite important that the uh, the skill sessions um, start about um, not uh, being spectacular and scoring, uh, you know, flash runaway tries, but um, doing it all correctly. And uh, if that's the uh, the case, then at least we've started, um, you know, the attempts to, uh, to be able to get over the top and make CTE um, yeah. a, a little less of a, of a drama. Exactly right. Yeah, put it in front of mind. Uh, get, you know, let's start where it starts with the kids and make their lives uh, safer. Hey, 
uh, immensely brave yesterday. I was a privilege to be a part of it. Wanted to get a very quick comment, and I know you're busy. Mate, as we walked off the plane last night, I put my backside in a cab, and there was the news of Daryl Vanderveld passing. I can't believe it. Ah, boy. Yeah, a, a wonderful guy, and, you know, um, you knew him as well as, as anybody. Yeah. Uh, Pat, it's just uh, another one of the, uh, the, the the rugby league names that uh, that's sadly passing and way too young. Um, DVDV is, is his name with the uh, with the footy boys. Um, was uh, was a remarkable guy. He had wonderful personality um, and wanted to see rugby league go ahead uh, in the best way possible. And for him to be passing at uh, at a very comfortable age, yeah. um, boy, uh, you know, he was loving life as it was and yeah. uh, and uh, was a rugby league man through and through. Well, a very sad day. Great to chat. Uh, we'll talk more and really appreciate it. You, you've you've done interview after interview after the last 24 hours. We really appreciate you giving us some time this morning. Thanks, Wally. Thanks, boys. Thank you. Let's have a catch up with our favourite Brisbane Lion, Dane Zorko. Zorks, a very good morning to you. Good morning, man. How are we? I'm very well. Very well, thank you. Um, now, what's happening? Are you playing this weekend or this Thursday for a start? I mean, 39 degrees down there, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit hot, but we're used to those conditions. That's um, fine. No, it'll, it'll be all right. I think it's a smart decision anyway. I think, um, you know, playing in that sort of heat, well, 42, 43 degrees, might even be hotter out of Blacktown. Um, yeah, I think it's a wise decision by the AFL to move it, give us every chance to get ourselves recovered and ready for, for round zero uh, next week. So what does Fags want out of these matches? I know they're, they're now termed an official trial. What does you know, what, what the coaching panel want out of this? Oh, I mean, you implement new stuff over the summer that you want to see how it all um, unfolds against, you know, quality opposition. And, um, you know, we had only a couple of intra-club matches this year, which is rare in, in the past. We've probably had four or five. We've only done the two. Uh, we had a really good hit against Gold Coast last week where we trialled a few things and, and things seemed to work pretty well. And, and we get another opportunity to do that um, tomorrow against Sydney. So... Um, there's still a lot of connection um, pieces that have still got to come together. Uh, there's a few little things that we're trying with um, with not so much a new system, but definitely um, tactics that we that we might have to implement throughout games that we might show here here and there in these matches. And I think it's still an opportunity for for blokes to push their case for selection for round one. Um, you know, we have got a few injuries at the moment. Obviously, Connor's got a little bit of a hamstring. Whether or not he's going to be ready next week, not sure. So. There's still spots up for grabs, and uh, what we saw last week was um, some of our emerging players coming through in James Tunstall and Harry Sharp and the like, you know, really pressing their case of selection for round one and make Fages' headache uh, for picking the side even harder. So, um, yeah, there's, there's still plenty plenty to, to do and um, plenty to still unfold, but it's a great opportunity for, for everyone to, to press their case of selection. You, you sound very confident with it, Zorks, and thanks for being with us this morning, mate. Um uh, if you weren't confident in those sort of structural and cohesive changes, would it be would it be starting to get a, a little bit ang- anxious in a footy club? Uh, yeah, well, potentially. But, I mean, we have practised a lot of our stuff throughout the whole of the summer. So, um, yes, it, we might not have implemented it under full game conditions yet, but mm-hmm. it'll certainly, that'll certainly, once again, get its opportunities tomorrow and, um, we'll keep practicing it, no doubt about it. Um, that's what this time of year is for. So, um, although round zero is only a couple of weeks away, we're still. I think yesterday was 
it was a really good solid hit out. We we had another look at a few things. So um, things are always going to be fine tuned. You you just can't um, you just can't be flat footed in this competition because something will always come up and you've got to keep moving with the times. And um, we're certainly uh, we understand that's what we need to keep doing and we'll keep evolving our game as as the season um, progresses. It's like golf by the sound of it. Something's always not perfect. <laughs> what? Why did you? Why did you look at me when you asked that question? Because <laughs> the list is long there. Um, uh, have you got some new staff, Zorks? Talk us through what you got. Yeah, well, obviously uh, we've got uh, Daniel Lloyd, who's come from the GWS Giants. Mm-hmm. Who's um, he's come in and helped with our uh, VFL team and, and a development coach, and he's you know fitted in uh, unbelievably well. Um, Dale Morris, he obviously came to our club last year as a similar role as what Daniel Lloyd's in now, but he's actually been promoted to um, the backline coach, which, you know, he was such an integral part of the Western Bulldogs' defence for a number of years. His experience and knowledge down in that uh, back half has been incredible for the likes of Harris Andrews and Ryan Lester and yeah. and Jack Payne and the like. So he's been, uh, he's fit into that role really, really well. And, um, you know, the rest of the coaches have, uh, have all picked up the slack in the, in the in the stoppage department and, and, and sharing their ideas, we obviously let um, Mark Stone go uh, late last year, who was sort of our offense and defense um, coach. Um, so the the rest of the coaching staff has picked up the pieces in that department. But um, yeah, Daniel Lloyd and, and Dale Morris have been great acquisitions for us, and um, you know have fit in seamlessly really into, into into our system, into our culture, and um, I think they're loving their time here. All right, well, let me ask the obvious question. We uh, I asked Fags at the launch, uh, Darcy Gardner, and he said, well, why don't you, we were, uh, had him on the show, I said, ask him about him moving forward, and I said, well, will he stay there? And Fags just raised his eyebrows, so where are we at with the, with the Darcy Gardner experiment? <laughs> Yeah, he's, uh, well, he was in the forward line meeting yesterday, so. <laughs> Look, oh, there we go. He's trained all pre-season as a forward, um, and it's well, been well documented that he's made that change down there, and he's done a really good job. Um, I think one thing is, as a backman, you understand the positioning of forwards and alike, so he's actually fitted into the role really well, and what he has got is that really defensive element to his game. Yeah. Um, he tackles, he pressures. Uh, the amount of times against the Gold Coast the other night where he, where he got a hand in, he made a smother, um, just was able to use his body like he would as a defender if he's playing from behind and, and, and really take assertive position from that. So um, it's a really smart move by the coaching staff. I'm not sure who exactly made that choice. I think they'll all put their hand up and say it's their <laughs> idea. But at the moment, um, there's great flexibility in his game to now be able to play forward and to play um, defense. He's learned all our systems, all our structures in that forward line and, He's fit in really, really well. So um, no doubt he'll get another opportunity there uh, tomorrow night against Sydney and, and he'll be able to showcase what he's learnt and what, he's, what he can put into action um, going forward. And what about the update on Tom Duda? Yeah, going well. Yeah, he uh, main trained um, yesterday, did, I think, apart from a few contact um, drills. He was, yeah, it was in all our skill element-based drills. I mean, it was a very hot day uh, out of Springfield yesterday, and he was there for, I reckon, at least 45 minutes to an hour after training, still running laps, getting his fitness levels up. So, um, yeah, look, he's doing everything possible to make sure that his return date is, is smack bang on, um, whenever that may be. But, um, yeah, we know he's he's going to be a class player, and already what we've seen from him in just 
training-based stuff. It's um, it's been pretty phenomenal. So uh, when he's fit and ready to go, it's going to be another tight selection um, issue mm. for Fags. But you'd rather ha- you'd rather have that than not. Then now you keep uh, giving it to Fags any selection issues. Is he sole selector? How does a footy team pick their squad? Yeah, I reckon they sit around a big table, heels, and they just—I uh, imagine they just spitball names and and they uh, they come up with an answer. Uh, it's certainly not just one person's decision. Um, obviously, the, the, all the coaches would have their input of what they've seen and and what they think is the best look for the team going forward. So, um, yeah, it certainly just wouldn't be um, solely reliable on phase there, but. You know, as a head coach, it probably falls under it probably yeah. falls under, <laughs> under, under his hat, unfortunately. Mm. But uh, yeah, everyone. One thing Craig's has really done is given everyone the opportunity, our football club, to have a voice and to have a say, and um, no opinion or uh, you know conversation, you know, is is worthless. Everything has um has weight, and um, I think that's a really uh, healthy healthy thing that we've been able to do under him for a number of years. Yeah. Everyone has a choice, um, everyone has a voice, and. Um, Everyone's heard, which I think is great. Yeah, no, I hope very good, mate. And there were reports that Lockie Neal and Jared Berry might be right for the Swans. Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, I'm not sure what Lock's um, injury update is, but um, we'll certainly we'll, we'll find out tomorrow night, won't we, when we run out? Um, <laughs> but no, I think the whole club's coming down to Sydney, given that both the VFL and the AFL are playing, um, you know, tomorrow morning and tomorrow night. So um, I would. Hopefully, from what I saw at training yesterday, they both look like they're in really good condition and, and, and are right to play. Um, Jared's obviously coming back from uh, that shoulder issue that he had um, in, in the off-season surgery, so he's just been unable to have contact for um, the last few weeks. But he looked, you know, he, he was laying tackles yesterday, so hopefully that's all ticked off. And then um, lock very similar. So uh, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, they both can uh, pull on the Lions jersey tomorrow night, and, and I'm hoping they will. Hey, Zorks, what do you take out of, out of the Suns when I know at the end of, what, six periods or something, it was tight on the scoreboard, but really the, the early exchanges you guys dominated. I mean, was it, a, was it a, a true judge, do you think? It was pretty difficult conditions, Paddy, to be honest. It was hot. It was slippery. Um, I think when any new coach comes in, there's going to be, um, you know, and a new system's undertaken, it's always going to take a few games to get, yeah. you know, get that system right. And there were certainly elements into their game that opened us up. And um, we reviewed them pretty, pretty toughly because it happened just way too easily. So the blueprint's definitely there. We understand they've got the personnel. I mean, their, their list is just absolutely stacked full of talent um, and really good talent at that. So, you know, there was guys trialing new positions there the other night as well that had their first look at, at halfback. I think Alex Sexton played down halfback. Dustin McPherson went back forward as well. So there's still a few little, um, you know, positional changes there that they're sorting out. But I think overall, everything's there for them to um, have a really good year. And um, Yeah, I, you know, we played some good football on the weekend. They played some good football on the weekend um, as well. But, um, yeah, I think under any new coach and any new system, there's always going to be, you know, a few weeks there where, where you're sorting out what it, what it exactly looks like. And, um it, that was their first look at AFL opposition as well on on, on Thursday afternoon last week. So hey. um, certainly certainly nothing to worry about yeah. yet. All right. Hey, can I just quickly wrap it up? Uh, your thoughts? We know Sam Powell Pepper is going to front the tribunal shortly, I think, after this hit on Adelaide's Mark Keane. Um, this is the tough news stance on high bumps. We've had Wally on this morning talking about concussions, et cetera. Um, what, what's the thoughts? Your, what's your thoughts about this crackdown, the continuing crackdown on high shots. Yeah, well, I think it's really important that we as, uh, we as players um, 
certainly got to protect the, the head better than, than what we're doing at the moment. Um, you know, we're seeing so many um, issues with concussion. I mean, we saw Brayshaw just the other week retire due to concussion. So I think as yeah. players, we need to be extremely diligent when we're choosing to bump or tackle, you know, stay below the shoulders as best you possibly can. I understand there's going to be accidents, but it's certainly on the, on the, on the player now laying the bump or tackle. Um, just stay away from the head. and uh, We don't want to see any more players forced into retirement due to concussions. And, um, you know, I certainly feel for every, both teams involved in, in, in what happened um, in the practice match between Port and Adelaide. But it just goes back. You've got to be very, very careful these days and um, protect the head at all costs. As usual, well said, Zorks. Really appreciate your time. Best of luck tomorrow night. We're looking forward to a big season from the Lions. Good luck, Zorks. Hey.